it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John 6.63 God's servant delivers the word of life with clarity, simplicity and dexterity. And now, the pastor Andrew Yakwa proclaiming God's word to you. saying to the churches and we've already done for the first love church we have also looked at the lukewarm church and it's been very powerful amen we have also looked at the doctrine of Balaam and today we are looking at the spirit of Jezebel amen and our scripture is the book of Revelations chapter 2 Verses 18 downwards. This was to the church of Tiatra. Amen. The Tiatran church. And this particular church, the Tiatran church, was believed to have been founded by Lydia, who was one of the converts of Paul in the Bible. And Lydia, when she went back to where she was, or her city, she started the Tiatran church. And so this, after 40 years, God came back to give a verdict to the church. Amen. He came back to tell the church how he sees the church and how he views the church in the light of the things they have been doing. And I believe that this particular message is not only for CM Kumasi, but this particular message is for the church worldwide, for the body of Christ. Amen. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 downward. And unto the angel of the church in Tiatra, right. But I said, I said last week that the word angels here is angelus, which means the head pastor or the messenger of the church or the senior pastor of the church. In Tiatra, writes, These things sayeth the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and thy charity. Thy service and thy faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, or nevertheless, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, 
to teach and to seduce my servant to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication. And she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into a great tribulation except they repent of their deed. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which set the reins of the heart and I will give unto every one of you according to your words. But unto him, unto you I say, and unto the rest in Tiatra, as many as have not this doctrine and which have not known the depth of Satan as they speak. So it means that they used to call this gospel the depth of Satan. I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my words unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of porter shall they be broken to shivers even as I receive of my father. And I will give unto him the morning star, and he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Amen. So we are looking at what the Spirit is saying to the churches, and we are looking at the Spirit of Jezebel. Amen. I said earlier that this particular church was started by Lydia, who was a convert of Apostle Paul. Now when Apostle Paul went to preach, in Ephesus, the Bible says that she met, he met a woman called Lydia and this woman got converted and she went back to Asia Minor or Greece and established this particular church. Now when she, when, when she established the Tiatran church, after 40 years, Jesus sent a letter of, through his prophet John to the, to the leader of the church. It says to the angel of the church. The angel of the church here, I said, is not angelus, which means a, a, a spiritual being, but this angel refers to the head pastor of the church. It means that when God is sending a rebuke to his church, or when God is sending a recommendation to his church, he goes through his, his authority. He goes through the spiritual authority he has instituted in the church. And so when God is sending a commendation for the church doing something right, he sends it through his head pastor and the pastor. So the role or the duty of the pastor in the church is to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to his church. Amen. You need to know what God is saying to your church so that you'll be able to know what exactly you have to do. Hallelujah. So today we are looking at one. We are looking at their the resolve as a church. We are looking at God's rebuke to them. We are looking at the remedy and we are looking at God's reward if you or if as a church, if you obey the voice of the Lord. Amen. And so we are first of all, we are looking at their result. Now, you have to know that Jesus is not impressed with how we dress. When he comes to a church, he's not impressed by the church building. When he comes to the church, he's not impressed by how well we have decorated the church. When he comes into a church, he is not impressed by by, by the mundane. He's not impressed by the number of services you have as a church. What impresses 
Jesus is different from what impresses men. To men, we have so much emphasis on the material gospel, the materialism gospel. And so when we come to church, we boast in the mundanes. We boast in the fact that we drive, we boast in what we drive, we boast in the houses we have, we boast in things which God does not find. Amen. So if you look at this, you realize that in this particular church, Jesus was not impressed with, with the church building, he was not impressed with the choir, he was not impressed with the, their offering, he was not impressed with the aesthetic beauty of the church, he was impressed with their fruits. First of all, he says that, I know your works. I know thy love. So the first thing Jesus was impressed in the church, or in that particular Tyrant church, was the love they showed to God. And the love they showed to his people. It means that as a Christian, God is impressed when we show love to people. God sees how we love him. He sees the love we show to his people. And he told the Tyrant church that I know your works. It means that Jesus knows whatever goes on in his church. I believe that once in a while they send a report to him of the activities that happen in the church. Whether your pastor sees the Lord, Jesus sees. Whether the things you do is secret, whether your pastor has seen it or not, Jesus sees it. And that is why he told the church that I know your works. This morning, God is telling you that he knows your works. He knows how you live. You can pretend all you want, but he knows you more than you do yourself. Amen. He says, I know your works, and, and I know, first of all, he says, I know your love. God is impressed when we show love to people. He's impressed when you go all out to show love to people. And that was the fruit Jesus was looking for. He, he didn't want their focus to shift. He wanted their focus to be on the love, how they labor in love for the church. And the second thing was that he said, I know your loyalty. I know your faithfulness. I know as a church you are faithful. You are hanging in there. Things are not going the way you want it, but you are hanging in there as a Christian. Your Christianity does not make sense, but you are hanging in there. He says, I know your works. I know your love. I know your labor. And he says that, I know, I know how committed you are. I know your loyalty. I know how committed you are to my church. I know the things you are doing. And that is the thing that impresses me about you. Listen, God, what impresses God about you is not the things you are wearing. It's not the money in your bank account. What impresses God is the love, is the fruit you show as a Christian. When you bear fruit as a Christian, when people see you and they see the fruit of the Spirit, it is what impresses God and not what the mundane things we are chasing. It does not impress God. So God told this to them, I know your works. I know your love. I know your labor. I know your loyalty. And I know the things, I know your long suffering. In other words, this church were patient. These were people who were patient. God, when God looks at us right now, when He looks at you right now, does He see you are still on fire for God? When He sees you, are you living in past glory? On fire, are you more on fire? He told the church that and you are better, you are more than you used to be. In other words, this Christianity or this particular church, the members were always 
their spiritual life. They were always improving on their spiritual life. They were spending more time fasting. They spent more time seeking the face of God. This was, this was what impressed Jesus about the church. Jesus is impressed with the church, with Christians who, who grow in their spiritual life and not those who go down in their spiritual life. He is impressed when we make an attempt, when we make an effort to grow in our Christian life. When you spend more time in growing, in fasting, that is what Jesus loves. It is not when you are lukewarm or cold. That is why hell does not hell does not waste his time on people who are not who are, who are not cold, who are not hot for God. Hell only fights those who are hot for Christ. That is why the devil has been on your tail. It is because he knows that if I don't deal with you this year and allow you to go next year, you will increase your prayer life and it will be very difficult to deal with you. So the devil knows not who is fight. He chooses his battles carefully. Because he knows that there are some people, if he attacks them, it will be hell for him. But Jesus was telling this church that I know your words. He began to recommend the church. He began to commend them for the good things they were doing. He began to commend them for the business. God sees whatever we do for him. He sees your sacrifices. He sees when you come for quiet heads out and you don't even have money. He sees when, when you don't have money but you strive to come to church. He sees it. And he says that I know your ways. I am impressed when you are the first person who comes to church. I'm not impressed with your materialism. I'm impressed when you go to church. When you, when you are the first person who comes to church. Galatians chapter 3 verse 3. He knows your ways. Somebody say I know your ways. Tell your friend I know your ways. Galatians chapter 3 verse 3. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you not made perfect in the flesh? So Paul was telling the Galatian church that are you not so foolish? Having begun in the spirit. So God wants us to continue in our spiritual life. God does not want you to start and that when you get to a point in your spiritual life, you, you take your feet off the pedal. No. He wants you to grow. Because there are deeper things in God. There are deep dimensions in God. There are depth in God. But the Bible says one of the signs of the last days is that it says in the end time, the love of many shall wax cold. And there are many Christians, their love for God has wax cold. Their fire has gone down. They have gone on low battery. When they used to pray, those days they used to pray, now they find an excuse. Don't say they were the first person at any prayer meeting, but now they find an excuse. Listen, if you want to find an excuse for doing something, you will always find an excuse. So God was impressed with this church. He was impressed with their love suffering. He was impressed with the love. He was impressed with, with, with their labor. How they were laboring for God. But God said, nevertheless, I have something against you. I thought that because God was impressed with what they were doing, he would not have any issue with them. It means that God can be impressed with an area of your life and in another area, he will not be happy with it. God can be impressed with how early you come to church, but he may, he may have a problem with your prayer life. God can be impressed with how, how, how you fast, but he may have an issue with your Bible reading life. So 40 years after establishing the church, God came to give his verdict of that particular church. He says, I know your works. I know your labor. 
carry your long suffering and you are doing well but nevertheless I have something against you and Jesus said I have something against you notwithstanding I have been he began to say I have a few things against you <laughs> I have a few things against you now Jesus is saying that I know your words but I have a few things against you I have a few things against you because thou suffered that woman he was specific so it means that in the Tarakan church there was a woman in that church according to Bible scholars that was the pastor's wife that was the pastor's wife according to Bible scholars he says because you suffered that woman Jezebel wow after Jezebel died in the scripture in the Old Testament I read the time of Elijah but God was saying that listen there was a woman in that particular church who is operating like Jezebel in the Bible She had a century. And let's see what the woman is trying to do in the church. He says, because thou suffered. The word suffered is a Greek word. A halo. Which means to allow. Which means to permit. Which means to allow somebody to do as they wish. Which means that they saw what the woman was doing was wrong, but nobody could speak against it. They saw what the pastor's wife was doing, and they knew it was wrong, but nobody could talk against it. He says, because you suffer. That woman, Jezebel, which called herself prophetess. So this was a strong woman in the church. And she called herself prophetess. She called herself prophetess. And she was manipulating the people in the church. She was manipulating people in the church. And listen. The spirit of Jezebel. Jezebel was a foreign spirit. She was a Phoenician woman who came into Israel. Who got married to Ahab. When she got married to Ahab, when she was coming, she came with her gods. And she was a priestess of, of the God called Baal. And she killed the prophet of God. Destroyed the prophet of God. And when she destroyed the prophet of God, she instituted the worship of Baal in Israel. And so why would God compare this particular woman to Jezebel in the Old Testament? It means that this particular woman was doing something in the church that can be likened to what Jezebel was doing in the old times. Amen. Now, so the first thing the Bible says this woman was doing was that, first of all, it says one, which called herself a prophetess to teach. Somebody said to teach. So this woman was teaching the people in the church. She was a teacher. They loved her. She taught the scriptures. She, she had understanding in the Bible. They loved her because she could teach the scriptures. And it says that she taught the people to teach them and to seduce my servants. The word servant here calls, it refers to the son, so the, the, the children in the church. And so that particular woman, what she did was that she, she taught the people, she seduced the people. The word seduce is the Greek word planao, which means to lead astray, to cause to go astray, to lead aside from the right way, to wander or to roam about. So this woman caused them to miss the mark. She caused them to, to lose focus. And one of the ways she did was that she seduced my servant of God to commit fornication. 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 When fornication becomes, when fornication becomes acceptable in the church, she was telling the people that hey, you can commit fornication. She was teaching them new creation realities. She was teaching them this in the church. Hyper-based message is oh. You need, come on, once you are saved, forever saved. So even if you commit fornication, God is okay with it. Even 
you are, even if you do commit immorality, God is okay with it. And I can tell you on authority that Christians are one of the most hooked people on pornography. There are a lot of Christians who are hooked to pornography. It was said that in the United States of America, there was a Christian conference that was organized. And that day, in the hotel, people who checked, who uses of pornographic sites, that day it escalated. Christians are pornographic. And that is one of the ways the devil seduces all of us. He says, this one taught them to commit adultery, commit fornication in the church. And they were okay with it. It is said that there is more traffic on pornographic side, more than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. According to statistics, there are about 197 million Amazon users every month. But about 25, they have about 25 porn users, 25 million porn users every day. People visit pornographic side, 25 million every day. And every second, 28,258 people visit pornographic sites. The Christians are comfortable. Watch your pornography. If you check their phone, you'll be sure. I like the way the church is quiet like that. In 1997, the US, there were only 900 one, one, one sites. But by 2011, there were 2.5 million one sites. As of now, there are 10 million pornographic sites. Different in the one, one. That is the US alone. If you bring it to Ghana, then so this, and it is said that 93% of boys are exposed to pornography. And 63% of young girls before the age 21. And what the devil does that he wants to control your mind. That's the spirit of Jesus. Immorality. He wants to control your mind. He wants to control how you feel. That is why even now, even any small aspect of television, you see a one where we beginning. Because the devil knows how to seduce the church. He knows how to seduce Christians with immorality. And in the time of the Tyatran church, according to Bible scholars, they have what we call a trade guild. Now, a trade guild was basically referred to like a group of people who were in trade. And if you were not part of the trade guild, you were not allowed to have employment. So it was an association in Tyatran. You have to be part of the association so that, if, so that you can sell or buy. And so everybody wanted to be part of the association. So when they went and preached the gospel, most of them moved out of that association. Because if you want to be a member of that association, they have a patron God or a patron saint. And so what one of their practices was that they have to bow down anytime they go to go and meet a patron saint. And they ate all kinds of foods. There were all these sexual hobbies and all that. So these Christians were not happy. They moved out of the world to come to church. And this prophetess in the church was telling them, she realized the money was not coming in the church again. She realized people were not paying that time. So she lowered her message. She lowered the standard of her message and told them that, no, you can be part of it. Just that when you go, don't involve yourself with all those things. You can, so, so, so the message, the spirit of Jezebel, what it does to the church is that it tells you that you can be a Christian and still be in the home. One part of your life can be in church and the other part can be in the home. That's the spirit of Jezebel. And God says, I'm not happy. In the Bible, this particular one was teaching them Indians. 
He was not happy with how they were behaving. The Tiafran church. He said, I know your wealth. You are doing well. But I have something against you. And what I, gave, I have against you is that you have allowed the spirit of Jezebel. You have suffered her. You have permitted her to operate to the church. And this was the pastor's wife. Another area the spirit of Jezebel operates is, is through manipulation. Somebody say manipulation. And even in manipulation, some pastors they use manipulation. <laughs> some pastors, the way they will, the, the way they will manipulate the scriptures to get you to do things you are not supposed to do. It is manipulation. Some will manipulate scriptures to take money from you. In the spirit of this, and unfortunately, it's even in the pulpit. When pastors use these curses. If you leave, I will curse you in the spirit of Jezebel. They want to use it to control you because the spirit of Jezebel wants to control. Meanwhile, these same pastors left the former church and leave their own church. They leave their own church. But if you leave their church right now, they will curse you in the spirit of Jezebel. So you come to a church and what binds what binds the people together is not love. What keeps the church members together is not love, but it's fear. Because people are afraid. They can't ask questions. If they leave, they will get them. Or they will attack as rebellion. So that church may be growing, but God may not be happy with it. So the power master is scared to make a mistake. Because if he knows he can make a mistake, he says the pastor will sack him. Or the power members are afraid to make a mistake. Because they don't want to make a mistake. So they are, they are serving under compulsion. Not because they love. But God says that, that you may love each other just as I have loved you. So what God wants to buy this church members is love. But the spirit of Jezebel operates in the opposite way. It wants to control you. It wants to manipulate you. It wants to put fear in you. Control every area of your life. Legalism. So nowadays, you can't even take a decision without consulting your pastor. And now, some women, they respect their pastors more than their husbands. They want to take a decision, they have to consult their pastor first. In the spirit of Jezebel, control. They can't, they can't choose a job without consulting their pastor. Because the pastor wants to control them. He wants to be their first point of call. In the spirit of legalism, the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Unquestionable submission. You have to submit at all costs. You cannot question it. It's one of the signs of the spirit of Jezebel. And exclusiveness. Exclusivism. Why you think that you are, your church is the only church that is putting the truth? Eh? Why do you think all other churches are not speaking the truth? But you are the one who is the only church who can teach of God in the spirit of this. And it is rampant in our generation. As well, even, even in Kwasi, even in Ghana, there are churches that think that they are the ones that are preaching the truth in the spirit of this. That means it gives you exclusive. You think that you are the one that is speaking the truth. Only other God. We are the ones we are correct. When Jesus comes, we are the one you come from. Who told you you are deceiving yourself in the spirit of this church? That is one sign of the spirit of this year. Isolation. When they isolate you from your family members, don't relate with your friends. Don't relate with your family members. Don't talk to them. They're not these people. They are not. So once somebody leaves at your church, don't talk to them. Don't post out of them. It is strange that even in some churches, you cannot share another church's video. If you make a mistake and share another pastor's poster, hey! So, it is in nominationalism. 
kingdom and not the kingdom. We think about our individual selfish interest in the kingdom of God. It is one of the signs of the spirit. It wants to control you and it is rampant in the church. I came to speak as a prophetic voice this morning. That God is not happy with how the power is church to be around. The spirit of Jezebel controls everyone and wants to manipulate things. The spirit of Jezebel, unfortunately, is even happening in some marriages. When the man says to me, I will not give you money, I want to punish you. I will not eat your food. When the woman says that I will not have sex with you because I want to punish you in the spirit of Jesus. And unfortunately, you may be used to eating by the spirit of Jesus and you don't even know. How it happens is that you want to use emotions to control people. So, some people, they will cry right now. When they cry, you will stop what you are doing. In the spirit of Jesus, you want to use control. And God was not happy with it. He says, I'm not happy with what is happening in the church of Thyatira. I pray that we'll get to a point as a church. But this woman was in the church and she was teaching them. If they can live anyhow, they can just, you can be a Christian and then still go to the world. You can be a Christian and go to the club. You can be a Christian and listen to worldly music. After all, so this, this particular teaching says that you can lower your standard. As a Christian, don't be too holy, holy. Don't be too spiritual. Don't be too spiritual. Just come on, be there, be holy, be there and there. That's the spirit of this world. And so, you, are, you don't know whether you are a Christian or not. You are taking the middle ground. You are neutral. We come when we are looking for Christians to arrest. They cannot arrest you. Because when you were a neutral Christian, today you are here. You are neither cold nor hot. Jesus spoke to the church, the lukewarm church. He says, You are neither hot nor cold. Hot nor cold. And that is happening to some Christians now. When they go to their office, eh? me in my office, when they are having some conversations that I come out, once they say, ah, I hope they stop having the conversation. But if you are there, a Christian, and your friends can sit comfortably in front of you and drink be a church of Christianity. They are not scared. They know that. Oh, come on. <laughs> they know you are not on fire. They are okay with it. They know oh, after this one. If they can feel comfortable to talk about sexual things in front of you, if you want to be cold, go to the And Jesus was not happy with this diatribe church. This is why you have permitted this woman to operate in my church. So the problem was not with the woman. The problem was with the teaching of the question at the beginning. And if you look at the verses, since I have given her space to repent. Now, Jesus had warned her several. Make it through a dream or something. So it means that this woman was spiritual. She could even hear from God. Because how can Jesus warn you? Uh, Jesus stated and said, I have warned her several times. To repent of her fornication. And she has not repented. And behold, I will cast her into a bear. And them that commit adultery with her. And unto the great tribulation, send the repent for their people. In other words, I'm going to deal with you. And then look at the death of for. Then I will kill her children to <laughs> Her children were her disciples. The people who were still in the church. I'm sorry. Which means that when God is destroying, He doesn't only destroy the pastor, He destroys the church members too. Be careful if you are in the church and the pastor teaches you strange 
doctrines. Be careful. And the Bible says, he calls them that look at how the Bible calls it. He says they call it the death of Satan. He says they call it death. 24. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the death of Satan, at least they call it. God called the death of Satan. It means that this particular teaching that was in the church, it was deep, deep. Telling this pastor is deep. When we try to mix the world with the things of, of God, the pastor was, so there was this woman, I'm sure she was very deep. She was a deep teacher. So when she was preaching, people would start, mm, go for God deeper. Please push on. That is, go deeper. Not knowing that. This was the death of Satan. Death of Satan. The God was not happy. And he says that this is my this is my rebuke to the church. And rebuking you. First of all, I have recommended you for the good things you have done. And I am rebuking you. Now the remedy. Revelation 2 page 1. Remedy. I've given you a space to repent. I'm giving you time. God is giving us time. He's giving his church time. The church has got to a point where we have to be very careful. Within a year, we've lost, we've lost a lot of God's generals. We've lost Billy Graham. We've lost Rabbi Zacharias. We've, yesterday, too, we lost Boris uh, it, it is It is a sign. These were the fathers. Why is God calling all the fathers home? To move with his judgment, he calls his people out. Am I lying? When he wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he pulled Lot and his family out. It is a prophetic sign that something can happen at any point in time. You can't keep living the way you are living as a Christian. You can't keep living in fornication, immorality. You must, you must make a point in your life. He says that repent. From the immorality, repent from idolatry and repent from intimidation. The God says that if this love does not repent, I will personally come and deal with them. One day we will all give an account to Jesus. One day, as, a, as your pastor, I will give an account to Jesus. If I don't preach the truth to you, one day our God will buy your blood. I must preach the truth to you whether you like it or not, whether you feel comfortable with it or not. Whether you enjoy the preaching or not. And preachings like this, it makes people look happy. I would prefer to, to preach the truth to you than to pamper you as a baby Christian. No, you must grow. But what she said, grow in, we should now put off the elementary things of Christianity and go into maturity as a Christian. God is calling this church to Christian maturity. He's calling all of us to grow. And He's saying that. If you repent, this is the reward I will give you to before. And unto him I say unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have, as have not this doctrine. So you mean there were people in the church, that particular church who, have, who were not also obeying this particular woman and what the woman was preaching. And I have not known the depth of Satan, as they call it. I will put upon you none of these burdens. So it means that he was going to put some burdens upon that particular church. And those who were living right, he was not going to put any burden on them. Maybe five. But that which he have already hold fast till I come. Somebody say hold fast. Somebody say hold fast. 
And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him I will give the power over the nations. One day Jesus will come. And it can be any time soon. When he comes, the result of our earthly life are the eternal positions we will occupy in heaven. When we go to heaven, when Jesus comes, it will be an award ceremony. It will be a prize, speech of prize given day. Where some people will not receive any award. Paul said that I ran as somebody who knows there is a prize ahead for me. Some people, when they come to, when, when, Jesus, when they stand before the cross, when they stand before Jesus, they will not be happy. They will look for their pastor and beat him because the pastor did not preach the truth to them. But I pray that when we get there, when you see me, you give me high five. So, thank you so much for telling me the truth. Amen. You didn't say amen. amen. And he shall rule. Somebody say he shall rule. He shall rule them with a roar of iron as the vessels of water shall they be broken to be shivers, even as I have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. Somebody say the morning star. And he that has an ear, an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. This is what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. That come back to God. Return to thy first love. Stop making excuses. Listen, the Bible says you are inexcusable, old man. If you want to have an excuse for living anyhow, you always have an excuse. If you want to look for a, a, a particular scripture in the Bible to live in sin, you will get a scripture. And some will go to and tell you that it's not wrong to drink alcohol for them. Tell you that even Jesus performed miracles. The first miracle Jesus performed was, 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 was at the wedding when he turned water to wine. They will tell you, they will it. And they will even tell you that, oh, the Bible says that, oh, Timothy, to drink a little wine, you will come back I didn't even know you were going to call Timothy. Yes. Alcohol is a devil in the bottle. Let no pastor deceive you. Oh, so for it's just two percent. I'm just looking for appetite. I want to, I want to eat it for so but they find appetite. It's a devil in the bottle. He says, give one to him that is ready to perish. Please say, you drink smell of ice. Okay, that's a smell of it's not alcohol. It's a smell of ice. And you go to Christian weddings. People are Christians, but when they dance, when they are first dance, all of a sudden they don't become Christians again. They are first dance, and you see the song they will play. Some pastors, they will play. You see, if we should play some songs in this, you see the people who are Some of them will give you that, but they will not be there. When you are sitting in the taxi, the car that they are playing some songs, you see that your leg is going like this. Sleep it. Check your color. Check your color. Oh, Osako. I was again with somebody last week. Osako. Oh, but my money is not wrong. Oh, you can listen to Rasta. Yeah, Rasta Farah. Right. It's not profane. Oh, Marcelinian is not wrong. The first time is not wrong. And I asked the person, can you sing it in church? Any song you will not be comfortable singing in the church. I will not sing it. They said that there was a lady who was who just converted and she was a pariah. Put that in Saswa. Uji. Sign the movie. 
people who are going to take it. Check your Christian life. Tell your friends, check your Christian life. If you be cold, be cold. If you be hot, be hot. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be honeycomb. Eh? You cannot worship God in the world. You cannot just live anyhow as a Christian. If somebody can look at you and tell you in the area that because of you I won't go to church, there's a problem with her. It's better if you go and run yourself. When your friends look at you, do they see you as a Christian? They don't. You are just living anyhow. If your friends can comfortably call you, eh? That's all right. Let's go to the club and check your problem in your life. If they are comfortable to call you, not to go to church, but they can tell you, let's go to the club, check your Christian life, there's a problem with you. If some people feel comfortable having some conversations with you, there's a problem with your Christian life. Me, some of them, they are scared. They know I'm not, I'm not tolerated. So when they are pulling in the seat, I talk to them, hey, I'll, hey, I'll talk to our home, maybe they hate to bring that. I pray that we will all repent. I said, I pray that you will repent. I pray that you put God first. I pray that you become a Christian. You will be someone who will stand for God. That one of your legs will not be in the world and the other in the church. That you should take a stand for God. Whether, whether they like it or not. Whether they tell, whether that, when that person, some Christians, I'm telling you, if you are looking for a job and the person tells you, I want to speak with you, they'll, they'll compromise. They'll compromise. So let me do it just once and get a job. You are the one I wish I go and bath. They'll compromise. And a lot of Christians are compromising. Compromise Christianity. You are neither hot or cold. You are living anyhow. Christians take bribe. Christians, some Christians, the way they can lie. Exaggeration and lies. You bought this in abuses. Hello? You bought it for two cities. But you are selling it for 200 cities. And when, when they are. Who do we give you? They will tell you. And they won't tell you. Look at me, Meanwhile, you know you are lying. People do projects for the church. Hello? They do projects for the church. And they inflate the value. Hey! People don't fear God like these days. And I hear somebody was using the church's Wi Fi to browse pornography. You don't fear God. You are using one, you are still in the church one fire. And two, you are using it to browse for the graphic side. Hey! You, even Satan will reject you. Even Satan will say, hey, this one, I'm, I'm afraid of you. You don't fear God. No, there's something. We don't fear God. The Bible says, in the last days, the love of many shall work soon. We will not fear God. People shall be lovers of themselves. In other words, they will put themselves, but they will be selfish. They will put their interests first. But Jesus is not happy with the church. Let him who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church. Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you.